Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 193. I can't believe you broke up with Tony. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Oh, well, Brett, you and I went on an excursion last week. We did. We, we, went, to, we went to see a taping of TV. I almost felt like we were being fated. I, what do you mean? As in, as in, you know, a, a hand was reaching out to beckon you in. They were, they were celebrating oh, I, like a us siren. being there. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, th- I, thought, I thought you meant uh, like we uh, went to a church and there was a lucky dip. No, no, like, like a siren's calling you towards Ed Cavalier. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, it was lovely. It was lovely. I, I only bring it up because last week, John, you brought up the ABC's cheese platters. Uh, well, film Huge Victoria in particular. Oh, film, film, film Victoria's cheese platter. I have to say, channel, as big as your head. Channel 7's cheese. Mm-hmm. If you ever get the chance mm-hmm. to try some of Channel 7's cheese, they have good cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, because yeah, Film Victoria, excellent cheese. Anything Film Victoria related, you will get good cheese. Well, that's, that's important to know. It is. Uh, yeah, and Channel 7, excellent cheese. But also, quite a fun night. Yes. I, I thought. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, beyond the cheese. Beyond the cheese. Right. Surprisingly fun. TV burp, a lot better than I was expecting. Had you not watched it? I had watched it, but not, you know, I'd watched it while also reading my blogs and things like that. Because I thought, ah, this is a show I don't have to concentrate on. Mm Mm-hmm. I was quite impressed. I've only seen little clips online. I think they were all pre-show. Does does the set... Oh, sorry. This is such a tedious question. Does the set still have the curtain behind it? Is it still a red curtain? Or have they replaced that no, with something it's, more? No, it's uh, a the, bordered background. Yeah, the border, but behind the bordered background, though. Because on, on no, YouTube... it's just it was, a flat. Okay, because it was a red curtain. It's an odd. So I'm glad. I, I have to say, the set is, is very strange because the, the camera angle that they have for Ed Cavalier is a very kind of ordinary... Uh, ordinary angle, but the set itself is really nice. Well, the, the set's actually a copy of the original Harry Hill one, the, at least the, the, the outline kind of yeah, TV set thing behind him, that is an exact copy of the... And that's the least interesting part of the... Uh, of the, ho- the rest of it is, is like a lounge room. I actually room. find oh, it okay. the most distracting thing to watch it on screen, mm-hmm. with that background. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and like the sidebars, they're, they're very ordinary, but you've got these, these very vivid primary colours kind of... Yeah. Around the outside, yeah. Especially if you watch it on a four to three and then go to a widescreen, mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't done like a whole new world opening up. Yeah. It, it is. Hey, in case you didn't realise, because yeah. I, I had forgotten for a, a short moment, but it's fair enough. It's on topic. Mm. Box cutters is all about television. Yes, oh. and uh, and we're going to be covering some of television later on in the show. But first, more about us. No, uh, the, uh, the so, uh, yes, Box Cutters. We're recording this at 3RRR. It is 3RRR's Radiothon at the moment. There's cake everywhere. There is cake everywhere. And as always... Cake and disco bickies. We ask you to uh, help those who help Box Cutters. And, uh, and if you feel like subscribing to 3RRR... I definitely commend you to do exactly that. Uh, there are so many options. Mention, so many options. Mention box cutters when you subscribe. Mm. It will confuse the phone answerers it won't no be, end. It won't be in their list. But tell them to add it. Tell them that you honestly do listen. It's a real program, box cutters. There is a comments box. They can, they, they can type it in. Right. Now, if I am wanting to subscribe, how do I do that? Uh, you can call the station on 9388-1027 That's in, in the Melbourne area. And uh, we have a phone room full of uh, eager volunteers waiting to take your calls. You can also go to the website, and I believe you can like fully pay and, and do everything on the site now, uh, which is at rrr.org.au, and uh, you won't miss it. So once you go there, 
And uh, that's about it. And that's the last time we'll mention that until the end of the show, and we'll probably mention it again. Because we should, because mm. they, they, they allow us here into the studio, and that allows us into your heads. And they're, uh, they're very reasonable rights. Mm. Coming up later on in the show, uh, we're, we're going to do a before and after school. Kind of in in honour of uh, John Hughes, who passed away a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's it's only kind of in honour. Is but he related to that? No, that's uh, why I'm that saying it's only fine. kind. Of- John Hughes is the spiritual godfather of of the '80s teen yeah movement. <laughs> and and this was this was kind of a '90s teen thing on television that came out of the '80s teen movement. So, but it wasn't inspired by uh, oh, no, Home Alone. In- it, not inspired by Home Alone. No, thank no. Or Cur- Curly Sue. Was it, Curly it was. Sue? It, it is. It is quite related to Curly Sue. <laughs> right. That is what that was called. I haven't just made yeah, that yeah. up as two yeah, words yeah, yeah. that Curly just Sue. left out of my mouth. Yeah. Curly what, the same character that uh, that uh, was it. Booger the Gooch was based on. Yes, the Gooch Curly Sue. Exactly the same character, basically. Right. The, the the Gooch from and, and from Fal- different strokes. No, the Gooch from Parker Lewis can't lose. And Eddie Falco. Who, who oh, then turned up as that's Cube. Cube, was yeah. it? Yeah. Who then turned up as uh, Jerry on ER? And Eddie Falco in The Sopranos. Same character. Same character. You've totally <laughs> spoiled the surprise now. We're also going to talk about Hung, the new uh, TV series from HBO. Or are we? You know, we, we are. <laughs> or are we? No, we, we are, we are going to talk about Hung. Okay. Or are we? <laughs> I, I don't understand either, That's but I'm just amused. <laughs> We've got the box cutters quiz. We've got uh, if you watch one thing, have we? <laughs> As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. Oh no! Oh, oh no! Oh, oh just damn it! All the hell! See, see, see what you get from mucking oh, around. Amateur hour, there, Crumpley. <laughs> amateur hour. That's that's completely wrong. Why would that be there? Sorry, we've got new CDs that Josh has just brought in. Oh, it's, no. There's a list. There's a list with numbers next to it. See, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> I reckon, Josh, if you say your line again, it'll, it'll be seamless and no one will notice this has happened. But first, let's kick things off with the Box Cutters News. John, John Richards is having fun <laughs> as long as as long as he's entertained, the audience is entertained. That's that's my assumption. Yeah, yeah, that, that's always the way to uh, program your shows. If you enjoy it, then there's bound to be somebody else out there that uh, enjoys it as well. Just the one, unfortunately. <laughs> Citizens of Brazil rejoice because you are living in a safer uh, safer country, especially oh. if you're in the state of Amazonas. Uh, now that uh, the host you of- made that up. Yeah, you, honestly, a- you made that up. That's no, so seriously, made up. the state of Amazonas. Next, you're going to tell me they don't speak Spanish in Brazil. They no, speak some they, other made-up language. Some they speak Portuguese. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. They only speak that at Nando's. Now that the host of Crime Watch has been locked up. Oh, yeah. Uh, can, can you explain a little bit more? Because this is, this is quite an amazing This is an amazing of- story. I'd forgotten this. Um, now, Crime Watch is, is uh, a show that uh, goes to air in Brazil. It's, um, we've, we've seen the, the type of show here. It's, it's not quite Crime Stoppers with uh, just hits. Well, like Australia's Most Wanted. Yep. Yep. Um, like uh, uh, who is that? That gravelly old cop 
character player who Paul did Cronin? The, the American one. Oh, oh uh, uh, the, the guy to catch from, a thief was that the, name the, of the that? guy from Mission Impossible? Are, are you talking about? Oh, the guy I from can Mission, see him. The guy from Mission Impossible, who's Tom Cruise? No, Ian Phelps. No, <laughs> Peter uh, Phelps. No. <laughs> He, he also he also played the, uh, the the pilot in Flying High. Yeah. Oh, oh, that Leslie, guy, Leslie Nielsen. No. Anyway, he, he. Yeah, no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Anyway. Right, he's got dark hair. Okay. Yeah. You said Gravely Gray Man. I think it actually is Peter Phelps. <laughs> yes. Um. So we've we've seen the uh, the the paradigm of the show. Basically, uh, it's a show where uh, they go through. Um, uh, Unsolved crimes sometimes, and uh, sometimes following true crime. But it's a documentary. It's a reality series. Yeah, it's a reality series. Uh, in the in the uh, kind of situation where they're they're showing unsolved crime reconstructions, they're actually reaching out to the audience and and they find um, criminals and uh, bring them to justice. Peter well, Graves. Um, That's like Peter Phelps. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, this was uh, the presenter was Wallace Souza, um, who uh, presents Crime Watch on Canal Livre in Brazil, uh, who's also a very popular uh, state politician, um, and uh, is is very outspoken on on crime in the community. Um, he the the ratings were flagging for the show Crime Watch, mm-hmm. and um, he decided to do something about it. By uh, hiring some hitmen and getting them to go out and uh, kill some people, allegedly. It's the old, old story. Right. Um, see, so this, is, this is something that happened in Japan about 15 years ago. Really? Did it? Uh, this is a report that I remember. So, uh, I'm sorry, Japanese, if I'm completely uh, just getting this entirely wrong and, uh, and, and defaming an entire people. If Raymond Burr was in it, it's actually Godzilla. It's a movie, just to remind you. Okay. That's a movie. That's not real. That's the one where he kills his wife. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, uh, no, uh, uh, news stations in Japan, this was a report uh, that I saw in Australia many, many years ago. Uh, so about 94. News, news stations in Japan were actually uh, hiring people to rape people, to film it, to put it on television, to say, look at how violent the streets are now. It's just nuts. So hang on, and go back to the Brazilian one. Basically, he was paying hitmen to kill people so they could cover it on the... The Crime Stopper type show, is that yes, right? Yes, well, he's uh, suspected of commissioning at least five murders to boost the ratings of the show. Um, they, the, the crime would, uh, would occur, and uh, the program's uh, crews had an uncanny knack of being in the right place at the right crime, capturing grisly footage of the still warm victims but presumably um, before the police had even had a chance to turn up. <laughs> so presumably though the murderers were never apprehended or anything through these shows. The, the murderer, I, I assume, would always have to get away. Well, this was, this was less about, uh, uh, it, it seems, uh, reaching out to the audience and, and trying to solve them. but Just, just getting good footage. Here's, here's some real crime. Right. I mean, it's, it's pretty much like what uh, Channel 7 are doing with Beyond the Darklands. Which is funny because a few weeks ago we talked about um, the, the little sort of uh, the, the type of TV which is about people on uh, killer game shows. We talked about films and, and TV shows about killer game shows. TV's, TV that kills. F- fictional. Yeah. They're on the moon. Yeah, they're on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> fictional, yeah, so fictional people being being killed and, of course, here it is all happening 
in Brazil. Once again, Brazil, you are the future. We bow our heads to um, Yes, yeah, so apparently uh, the order to execute always came from uh, Wallace Souza or his son, who then alerted the TV crews to get to the scene before the police. And uh, doing that just one too many times uh, made them suspect something was amiss. That's hilarious and wrong. Oh, it's completely hilarious wrong. and tragic at the same yes. time. I called hilaragic. Ah, oh. <laughs> yes, it's my new term. That, that's so catchy. <laughs> yeah, it's good, isn't it? I should, um, I should probably go the other way around, which is a uh, tragerious. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually surprised though that they had to commission their own murders, uh, given given the uh, reputation that Brazil has for uh, kind of street crime and stuff over there, especially with homeless kids. Maybe there. Right, so now Japan and Brazil hate us. Maybe, maybe they're going for a more televisual kind of murder. Maybe they're, yeah, maybe there's a certain something. They just Extra. had to get the lighting right. Yeah, because yeah. the thing is, the thing is, the the street crime in Brazil very hard to know where it's going to happen in order to to get the camera crew there on time. Yes. Whereas, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know, in the ghettos of, of Rio, perhaps it might not be the most safe place to have a two hundred thousand dollar camera on you. It is a weirdly logical extension, though, isn't it? I mean, news rather than the news reporting the news, the news starts making the news. It's easier for everyone. Yes. Um, it, it, when the reports first came out, I did hear something about because because the presenter was a, a politician, the police couldn't fully investigate it as soon as they kind of became a little bit sus about what was going on. Um, but that's not covered in this article. Right. Hmm. Uh, back home, more locally. In Australia. Yeah, that's the place. And not murder-related. And not murder-related, uh, but still neglectful. Ch- Channel 9, with their infinite uh, secrecy act, where they refuse to tell anybody about anything they're doing at all, uh, did not inform Oztam yes. <laughs> that Go, sorry, Go, was uh, was starting. Uh, and their, their new, uh, their, their new B channel so, digital. So, didn't actually register it with Oztam in time to get their first week in the, the, ratings. the ratings. Isn't that beautiful? Because we've been talking for weeks about how Channel 9 refuses to you know, tell anyone about any of its shows. They're all secret. So, yes. they're now whole channels. Whole entire whole channels. Whole channels going, no, we can't tell you anything about it. And uh, as So, I assume Oztam just didn't get a chance to update their, their logbooks. Well, Oztam says it takes their, eight weeks. Apparently, it's... Um, their uh, firmware. I guess. Uh, Austin Chief Kate Inglis Clark told the Australian, "We put the system. We just put the systems in place. It's just timing. They had to give eight weeks' notice. So it's basically thought they actually just didn't give enough notice, and they will have ratings from around uh, from around August twenty third. Yes, that's that, that's what they're saying. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, head of multi channels at nine, uh, Les Sampson." It's a great title, I think. Head of multi channels. Head of head of multi channels in uh, in Russian. That would be multi channels. The <laughs> it would. Thank you, Joe. It would. Uh, he uh, he says that anecdotal audience feedback uh, from fourteen to thirty nine year olds has been very positive. Oh, that's great. So made up feedback is yeah. quite good. So his daughter. <laughs> yeah. His daughter. She said, "Yeah, it was all right. I watched yeah. some bewitched. It was yeah. interesting. It was, it was nice. It, it was nice." Hey, if uh, if if people wanted to hear a bit more about Go, John, where could they do that? I suspect if they went back in time to episode six of the Outland Institute podcast, they could hear you, Josh Canal, talking about Go in some in some length. Is is, is it possible for them to go back in time? With it, the- it is. Yes. Uh, just yeah, Outland Institute into uh, into into iTunes or. Uh, Go to the Outland Institute website and follow the links. Right. 
Yeah. There's actually another quote here, though, just from Les Sampson, head of multi-channels, oh, which is not really a quote, but just a, a very quick thing in pass. He also said that Nine's pushing for changes to classification rules across daytime programming, which I thought was kind of interesting, that Go is obviously still bound to what you can play in daytime. Twice. Twice. <laughs> uh, even though, yeah, even though it's effectively, uh, yeah, we're, we're moving to a world in which it isn't, you know, kids watching this time and adults watching that time. Yeah, everything's on all the time. I it was kind of interesting that Nine's now finding itself a little bit stuck going, but if we want to play the same shows every three hours, how can we do that if, if, you know, if you stop us? <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is clearly the, the problem they're that is having. the problem. And, and that's, that's why they've got uh, how, how can we play? Shaolin Monkey uh, uh, twi- twice a day, uh, but at ridiculous times of the day. And yeah. do, do uh, subscription TV channels not come up with that well, problem? Well, apparently not. Apparently, I, th- I think the, this is free-to-air programming, which, and it's still classed as free-to-air programming, has certain restrictions, which subscription, cable doesn't. Subscription TV does have different versions for different times of day. Uh, so, uh, Girls Next Door, which here is Girls at Playboy Mansion, uh, there were uh, th- there were versions of the show that would show boobies and versions that would not show boobies. Boobies, yeah. That's J- John's term. Well, although that, that second one was known as the Sons Boobage ah yeah, programming. Yeah. So the uh, so so they would show it at six or six thirty. Sons uh, Boobage. Sons Boobage. We oui. and. Uh, uh, and and then show it again at nine thirty, ten o'clock uh, with vet- boobies. Boobage. Oh, is that just uh, with boobies? It's just with boobies when it's Isn't weird. It? Oh, that's that's like no, that's like a cor- anglais French horn. It, it is. Scenario. It is. It's only ever French for the songs. Are you sure oh, it's yeah. not uh, boobage plus? <laughs> that, that, that's the really late night stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're, they're just watermarked with boobies. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they do they do do that, and I am trying to get in touch with E to find out e. why the soup. Uh, why they've started just randomly blurring out bits of the soup. <laughs> One week they'll blur out a gun, the next week they won't blur out a gun. Right. One week they'll blur out... The host. Uh, the, well, <laughs> almost. They blurred out cigarettes, the, the uh, uh, extras from Mad Men. Oh, not the extras, the, the, the writers from Mad Men came on uh, in this week's soup again to announce season three or season two available on DVD or something. And uh, and they were all smoking cigarettes because it's Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Uh all the cigarettes were blurred out, so there were just these blurry fists <laughs> that that all of the all, all of them had. And then Lavar Burton came out, and then you know bits of Lavar Burton were blurred out because it depended on where the other person's hand was oh, right. with the cigarette. And it was just ridiculous. No. But it's it, it seems it seems random. Like they just choose one thing each week to blur. It's very strange. Very strange. Brett. Uh, as uh, we've seen the magnificent success of uh, MasterChef for cooking reality TV in this country on Channel 10, Channel 9 and SBS have both uh, announced that they too will have uh, cooking shows coming up, uh, except it seems that uh, the, the presenters have, have kind of gone to done a bit of a uh, 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 what's the throw mama from the train crisscross uh, yeah yeah that's it's, it's actually strange on a train uh, throw mama from the train just bought from it and it was, I think what you're actually thinking of though is Freaky Friday you murder mine and I'll murder yours I was thinking about the, the, the two young rappers who are kids Oh, going to make you jump. Yeah, jump. yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Jump. That was Chris Cross. Uh-huh. So, are you saying that what their presenters are going to be doing is well, wearing their clothes backwards? 
Well, as well as that, uh, Channel 9's MasterChef wannabe is uh, to be hosted by Joe Silvani and Vince Sorrenti. God, with names like those, <laughs> what aren't they doing at SBS? Well, well, to, to be fair, Joe, Joe, Sil- Joe Silvani, you may know a, better to, as to, Joe Bailey. It's a married name. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and Vince Sorrenti also. Is uh, he took his father's name? So that's uh, <laughs> that's from the marriage. But really, Joe Bailey and Vince Sorrenti is mm-hmm. it 1987? What the hell? <laughs> like, really? Well, They're the people you choose. They're also talking about it as a as a generational difference going through. I, I'm not sure what the age difference this is, is between so this is Channel Nine, Joe Silvani, and, and uh, Vince Sorrenti. This this is Channel Nine. This is the same. This is the same network who last week announced that. They were looking at a not the seven pm project show with Peter Burner. Yes, they have no clue, do they? They have <laughs> no. absolutely no clue. I, I was just thinking you should have seen the B list. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I, I don't think that anybody outside of Sydney would would pay Vince Sorrenti to to open an, an envelope. You know, I I don't I think that. Sydney just has this bizarre connection with Vince Sorrenti that nobody else in the country understands. I'm, I'm really looking forward it's, to it. Oh, and she made that dish. It smells lovely, but I don't believe it. Delicious. Um, that was his whole shtick. <laughs> I was thinking, know. these obviously catchphrases, but it, it's funny how, how the years have passed and I have absolutely no knowledge of Vince Sorrenti I can, anymore. I can, I can only I can assume that uh, Vince Sorrenti is out on the streets of Sydney shouting and he's so loud that uh, nobody can ignore him, so they all know him. And that's where uh, all of Channel 9's programming is coming currently. I'm, I'm as, looking forward uh, to uh, Channel 7's version with George Smilovich. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I met George Smilovich a few months ago. It was really? Very strange. Is he like, still tough? I don't, I don't particularly remember what Vince Sorrenti did back in the 80s. But, no. But, he, but uh, I'm thing. Tough yeah. was such a, such a landmark, a, a, a signpost of my childhood. So Vince Sorrenti also had a, a, a comedy single. So this was around the same time. Uh, Ostentatious had uh, Australiana uh, and then... Uh, George Smilovich had uh, "I'm Tough." And Rodney Rood had uh, "I Hate I it. it." I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, and uh, and and Vince Sorrenti had "I hear it. I see it, but I don't believe it." It was like this whole sketch that just w- was about that, uh, just ba- based around that weird set of phrases. Uh, there were no jokes attached to it, but just a, a, it was done in an accent, you know, making fun of Wog. So really. Just pushing the cultural boundaries, Vince Sorrenti. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, anyway, uh, the Channel 9 show will be called uh, The Great Aussie Cook-Off and will air from October 11, but they are out and about uh, shooting stuff. Apparently, they kicked off in Mudgee. That's the New South Wales town uh, on Saturday. I think it's actually illegal in this country to cook a Mudgee. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, hey. And uh, the SBS is... Uh, is uh, actually going to be hosted by Sean Connolly. Uh, I guess there's some Irish uh, multicultural thing going on there. And um, it'll be part of an all-Australian Thursday night. It's, it wasn't it supposed to be special broadcasting, meaning the multicultural ethnic type thing in this country. And will be called uh, My Family Feast and uh, samples various uh, cultural styles from around the world. Right. Right. Hmm. Uh, you know what, Brett? As as exciting as that news about more cooking shows on Australian television is, well, as I as I put in the uh, in the the, I I haven't been briefing. Able to... uh, I was more more excited that they'd uh, mixed up hosts. Yeah, yeah, which sure, a little bit racist, but uh, the uh, <laughs> I'm just 
<laughs> I haven't been able to sleep, is what I'm getting at. I've not been able to sleep for weeks. Really? Because for weeks I have not heard any Battlestar Galactica news from John. <gasps> well, it's over, isn't it? Well, I, well yeah, but why should, think, he stop? why should he stop with that? I do, I do fact, have some now. In fact, aren't we pretending that like, the last half season didn't happen? last ten episodes were a dream. Um, no, but I, I do have some news here. Uh, I, what I actually wrote down on the list before was Brian Singer wants to make a Battlestar Galactica movie. No one knows why. That is, in fact, virtually the entire story. <laughs> Brian Singer, who made two very good X-Men films before passing on to someone else to make a very bad X-Men film, and also made two quite nothingy sort of Superman films. Uh, no, no, but, but also made a, a very good, uh, one of the best films out of the Usual Suspects franchise. <laughs> yes, yes. I think, I think, in fact, we could say he made the best yes. out of the Usual Suspects franchise. Um, he has uh, apparently, uh, according, uh, well, this is according to Variety. Actually, no, this is according to the AV Club, according to Variety, according to the Hot Fix website. So, in fact, I think this is a load of crap and it's just been made up somewhere. But, you know, 14 people have re- reported it, so we will as well. Um, he claims to have a Battlestar Galactica movie on a fast track, um, uh, wanting to do a complete reimagination of Battlestar Galactica, uh, which seems odd. Um, he did apparently try relaunching it as a TV series after he directed the original X-Men. So uh, this is before, you know... B- before the, the, the good Ronald Battlestar Moore. Galactica. So after the bad one, but before the good one, he apparently also had a go at, at doing a bit of Ronald Moore with it. It's thought perhaps at the time, because it was 2001, that maybe after September 11, it just seemed a bit, you know, too bleak to, to start a series that starts with the destruction of the Earth. I don't know. But um, apparently, yeah, it's... Glenn Larson's uh, producing... Why, why wouldn't he just uh, take a different... I don't, uh, why wouldn't he try with Buck Rogers or something? Yeah, or um, oh yeah, remake Zardos. Uh, but I, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's just bewildering. So no one can really work out what the hell you would do with it. Surely it's, it's done now. You know, I can't see how you could reinterpret it anymore. There was a great suggestion online that you could make Starbuck a man, um, change some of the genders, sexes... Uh, of it, you could make a Boltara kind of very camp guy helping the Cylons, and uh, yeah, make it more fun, a bit more shiny. Put, is, is, isn't that just what? The, maybe the put night? a muff at the dagger in it. That'd be great. It's, so yeah, there's a whole new world, whole new, whole new world, whole new world, whole new world. But whole new world, right? <laughs> That's basically all the news I have on that one. Hey, uh, we Brit- were touching on the eighties earlier on. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. One of one of uh, our, our which fond is legal memories. in this state. <laughs> One of our fond memories from the 80s was uh, Sinamo's Fire, the big screen uh, film uh, the, the cast with uh, the hot Brat Pack of the time, uh, Judd Nelson, Rob Lowe, um, all, all that crew. Was Ali, Ali Sheedy? Was she Emilio Estevez, Ali Sheedy, Demi Moore, uh, Andrew McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I loved that film. Yes. Yeah. It was great. I, and uh, it was it was a very interesting uh, look into to the uh, psychology of uh, Demi Moore's character and and how how these uh, new graduates just coming out of Georgetown University were uh, were heading out into the world and and finding their own place in in their different it, uh, it, it was, levels in the socio it was structure. how I thought my early adulthood would actually be oh mine was, was from, from, <laughs> that's why I started playing sax but I uh, oh really because because yeah. I was I just kept thinking. In my adulthood, I am going to have sex with Ali Sheedy on a coffin. And uh, that didn't happen. Which is weird because my life's always been much more like Ali Sheedy in The Breakfast Club. Right. But instead of the makeover bit at the end, I I just stay being the the straightly freaky, depressed girl who puts dandruff on her pictures. 
which is which is the girl that everybody loves. I know it's yeah. actually, that film. That film just sells her out at the end of that I movie. Know. I watched sorry, I watched the end of it today. Horrible. I'm still angry. Uh, have, so why, have why? you seen? Uh, uh, he's just not that into you. Talking no. about sellouts at the end of movies. What I love, what, you know, I love, I love a trip down memory lane mm. mm-hmm. and thinking about Ali Sheedy. But well, Brett, why, why do you bring the magic all of, this of the nineteen eighties yeah. that'll be brought to the small screen in uh, an ongoing dramedy series project, uh, executive produced by Joel Schumacher, who was the original director on the film Topher Grace, who you may know from uh, that seventies show? show called That Seventies Show. Yeah, thank you. Um, and uh, a couple of others. Thank, and, uh, thanks is thanks in, for bringing up a joke from seven years ago. Is in development uh, by ABC in the USA. Do so, we, so um, a modern a modern reimagining of uh, or still set in the eighties. Because oddly enough, set in the eighties, I can see more of a point for making it. Whereas St. Elmo's Fire made now, you go, well, it's not enough. It's not that strong a I, I actually, central premise. I it? actually think that the uh, the the internet would kill a lot of St. Elmo's mm-hmm. Fire. I think that you know a, a lot of the a lot of the problems would be solved by the instant communication. Really? Yeah. So do, do so. we know when yeah, it's maybe. set? Is it a contemporary? Um, it is contemporary. What will remain is the setting, Georgetown and St. Elmo's Bar and Restaurant, which I didn't really spend a lot of time in in the film. Um, but uh, it, it's now called St. Elmo's Bar and Grill, uh, where the friends hang out. Uh, some are saying that um, it it seems maybe just like friends. Uh, there's there's going to be three boys and three girls, um, and uh, they uh, think it's a, a, actually a perfect opportunity to uh, redo a one-hour dramedy-style well, uh, Friends. I've got to say, point. I have no interest in watching that whatsoever. But, Josh, you know how you keep saying you really wish someone would remake 1945's classic movie Mildred Pierce for television? Don't hotbox it. I, I it's, a, it's a line I from Mildred Pierce. Okay. I, do, I do love, I do love Mildred Pierce. It is actually, it is, it is, look, it's a genuinely decent, yeah, really great movie. Based, on a, based on a James and Kane story. Uh, Joan Crawford plays a bored housewife, gets into the restaurant business. It won Oscars. It's 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 a classic. She's, she is a hard bitch in it, that in that film, and it's, it's genuinely fantastic, a brilliant film. Now remaking it for television, I thought, my god, that sounds appalling. Then I read the following uh, three bits of information: Kate Winslet, Todd Haynes. HBO. I am so there. I am so utterly there. I love Todd Haynes' movies. He, of course, made things like Safe and uh, Far From Heaven, um, uh, all three of us, uh, Bob Dylan. Um, and, you know. <laughs> we, we are all Bob Dylan. We are all Bob Dylan. Yep. That was one of his. Uh, Kate Winslet, a great actor. They're going to remake it for HBO. Well, pr- probably HBO. It said so far no one's uh, sources of HBO as lead contender, according to Variety. But the interesting thing about it in particular is the idea that. Um, we were, we were saying off air the other day that television has become kind of the new indie cinema in many ways. So in the 90s, there were interesting, uh, ambiguous characters doing not necessarily likable things, really interesting scripts, very verbal, very... You know, all that's gone from cinema. It's now robots hitting each other. And television, so things like Mad Men and uh, all these sort of shows have taken on that, that sort of level. Yes. And at the same time, a lot of these shows like Mad Men, which we're looking at, they're all directed by people like the Rose Troches and, and you know, all, all the directors who were doing all those films in you know, uh, Mary Harmon and all these people. They've all kind of moved over to television. And so the idea that Todd Haynes and, and people are going to do this for HBO uh, is kind of interesting that, that it's almost like, yeah, that the indie film has now moved in at HBO. And that, that excites me because it is, it is a fantastic story. It's very strong female characters. Uh, the, the concepts behind it are... Uh, morally ambiguous, like what, what mm. does a woman have to do to, to get ahead in this world? Is it going to be, a, a la St. Elmo's Fire, is it going to be 
updated to the present? No, uh, well, the indications it's still going to be set in in 1945, uh, I, I think, from here. We do know that uh, Todd Haynes is very keen on a period drama, mm-hmm. so I'm hoping they, they're keeping that in. And uh, the other interesting quote here from Variety was saying the success of Grey Gardens, which was recently HBO did a remake of Grey Gardens. No, no, the, not, not a remake. They did a, a, a telly well, movie. A telly movie based, based on, on the, the documentary or, or based on the lives of the sisters from Grey Gardens. Uh, mother and daughter. Uh, mother and daughter, sorry. But anyway, it had Drew Barrymore, Jessica Lang, and it was, um, everyone says it was actually you know, really good. And they're saying it uh, shows that that probably wouldn't these days get released to the cinema. In the 90s, it would have. Now it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but that uh, places like HBO can create a large audience, uh, which you would have used to have as a theatrical release. So it's a quite exciting new direction. Cinema is dead. Uh, on, that, on that note, though, uh, you did say that cinema was mainly now just robots hitting each other. Yeah, but not in a good that is, way. That is also how they're going to do the remake of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, I misread that. Uh, yes, it will be Mildred Pierce will be played as a giant robot that hits other robots. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. And that is the Boxcutters News. Hi, this, this is Jane. I'm Andy Anderson. The fabulous Adam Jess McGuire. Television, Scott Brennan. With the lovely men. They're very exciting. Funny. Britney Spears. Gorgeous. I love them. Soylent Green is Boxcutters. 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 Box it's pinnacle. Download the hell out of it. Oh, you had me oh, at Soylent Green. Right. Oh, sorry. oh, yeah, yeah. I sorry. stepped on Adam's punchline. Sorry, Adam. You, you did. <laughs> that was some uh, beautiful uh, wide stereo panning uh, production there. It's a pity that uh, Box Cutters goes mono, out but, of money. Yeah, but still, yeah. you can yeah. imagine it. I know. You, you know why that actually happened? Because I, I pulled a lot of that off uh, uh, off the samples that we have that we've already turned into mono. And I think my computer just randomly says, ah, oh, that's left channel, that's right channel. Do you do it in GarageBand? I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah, Garage Band is not a great kind of just straight up audio editing suite. Hey, but that sounds fantastic. It does. Well done. Thanks. Well done. Hey, you listeners will never hear it. Uh, you know what? If if you want, if you want, I can put a stereo version up on the site. <laughs> if if you're that, uh, if you're that keen, listeners. Hooray, boxcutters.net. That's uh, the address to let us know. Please do. Maybe we should know. put a poll on the the website. Speaking of polls, do you want a poll? Speaking of polls. <laughs> Hung is a man is about a man with a very large penis. Yes, the end. Wait, no. Well, he's, 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 he's a he's he's a school teacher in Detroit. Detroit uh, is going through uh, probably the hardest part of the global financial crisis at the moment. This is uh, that's the uh, the the birthplace of the car industry. Yes. Uh, so anyone who's seen Gran Torino knows how uh, weak that is as a premise for uh, for, for a series, but. Uh, the idea is he is a school teacher, he's divorced, he's moved back into the house that his parents had uh, with his two kids, and uh, and the house burns down. He is pretty much penniless. He's uh, taken out a mortgage on a house that he didn't need to, I mean, other than to, to uh, get by, because uh, he is just on a school teacher's salary. Uh, so he's taken out a mortgage. He is essentially one of the new poor. Uh, and when the house is burnt down, his kids are taken away from him or they just choose to live with uh, their mother. They don't have a solid roof over there. Yeah, rather than yes. live in a tent, they choose to live with uh, their mother. So his life is uh, basically in tatters. He tries to start his own business, realises that he has no skills other than uh, he's a high school baseball coach. But oh, sorry, basketball, high school basketball coach. Mm-hmm. But uh, his wife reminds him 
that he has a very large penis. So he becomes a gigolo. Correct. Yeah. The end. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, is it his I, wife I, or was it the, the chick that he Well, the, the wife mentions it. The, wa- the, the, I, the wife says, the wife says y- you know, you used to be hot and exciting and hung. Now you just hung. Now, I'm going to feel like you're not a fan from, well, from your tone. I hear a tone. You know what? The, the first episode has a voiceover. Entirely unnecessary voiceover. Completely ridiculous and, and pointless voiceover that tells us everything that happens as it's happening. I walked down the street. I went to see my wife. I went to school that day. I gave a speech. I had to do this. I had to do... That. It was just... just terrible and i couldn't believe that it only went for 55 minutes it it felt like five years that was the first episode second episode still had some voiceover but a little bit less third episode no voiceover by the third episode i kind of went yeah i can see how this uh how this show would be okay but still i didn't have any emotional attachment to any of the characters not the kids not the parents, not the the uh, the friends, not the school teachers. I, I found none of them sympathetic. Okay, because this is yeah, this is weird. I really enjoyed this show. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed this in a way that because when we, we first brought this up on the news a little while back when they when they were you know sort of piloting, basically laughing at it because a show called Hung about a guy with a big dick is just a stupid idea for a show, and. Uh, it was occasionally I had to mention to people, oh, "What are you watching this week?" I said, "Box." I was watching Hung, and they went, "Oh, that would be like a, about a guy with a big penis." No, it really is. Like it was kind of people were quite shocked that it genuinely is. Yeah, and I've looked on the webs, and I can see the complaints. I've, I've you know, they're all things. People saying it, it's um, it's this HBO formula now, where you know they, they do certain types of thing. If if you reverse the genders of the characters, it would be really offensive. Um, uh, the voiceover, I'd actually forgotten the voiceover, but there's all this stuff. And while I can kind of uh, I agree with, with all those. I can see why people are saying all that. Uh, uh, yeah, who knows why the heart wants what it does. I think the show was great. I really enjoyed it. I really related to Ray. I, I was really taken by him. Um, and in particular, uh, the Tanya, Jane Adams plays Tanya, who is, because mm. the important bit is basically Ray meets, it's Tanya, well, re-meets her at, uh, it's kind of like a get rich quick sort of scheme where this guy tells you how to become millionaires. And the whole thing is you have to find your tool. You have to find the thing that you're good at, which you can make money from. And the two of them decide to get together. She's going to be his pimp. Um, he's going to you know, go out and do the work. And well, he tries to do it uh, by himself to start he, off he goes, with. Yeah. He talks to her and um, explains what's happened. And, and, they, and they have had sex in the past too, a couple of times. But this is what, I mean, the weird thing about all this, I really like the fact this is such a sweet and charming film. It's, it's yeah, a series. It could be about, it could be really sordid, but it isn't. It's genuinely um, a, a kind of yeah, cute little series. There's a, a, a potential romance between the two of them, which I'm really enjoying because they've already had sex twice, which I really like. The idea that there's no sexual tension as such because they've already done that. So it's, yeah. a, it's about the emotion. Um, I loved his kids. I thought his kids were great. And I love the fact that they're both really chunky kids. So you've got Thomas Jane, who's a really good fit looking guy. You've got their mother's meant to be Anne Hayes, who again, very thin and fit. And you've got these kids who, who look like they're the Osborne's kids. And I, I just, I don't know, I really, that really took me as well. That, and I, I kind of went with a little pull of this because it's also, there's elements of identity in it, which I was really enjoying. So you've got things like, you know, is Ray really an athlete? which is what he wanted to be before things went wrong. 
pretending to be a school teacher who's now pretending to be a gigolo? And is Jane actually, you know, this office temp worker who's pretending to be a poet who's now pretending to be a pimp? And I was really enjoying all that kind of levels. And even like the guy who, who does the, the Get Rich Quick scheme. And Billy, he's, a, he's an easy character. But, you know, it turns out his car's rented. The whole thing's, you know, everyone's basic levels of, of shamage. And yet the, the series itself is still very sweet. I found this really, really likable. See, t- to me, it's just another series in the line of uh, parent going through financial difficulty turns to vice. Yeah, but, but it's... It's, well, it's Breaking Bad so, all over. Break, yeah, Breaking yeah, Bad, but that, Weeds. But that's the interesting thing, though, if you compare it to Breaking Bad, because that's, that's the easiest one, because they're both school teachers as well, that Breaking Bad, which I still think is structured like a comedy, but is actually really bleak. You know, it's, mm. it's got this real darkness to it. And this one... Exactly the same kind of premise, but actually really sweet. And I really enjoy that, going, yeah, he goes off and has sex with strange women for money and, and occasionally they might steal his wallet and stuff. But it's, you know, there's just this lightness to it for what is essentially a very depressing series and depressing concept that I really enjoyed. And that first episode, too, which is shot by Alexander... Graham Bell. Graham Bell. Alexander Payne, who made Sideways. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, so the first episode in particular, the direction of that first episode was these gorgeous shots of like, you know, crumbling down Detroit, filmed in this way that I just thought was, was cinematically beautiful. And the best house on fire footage I have ever seen, that scene where the house catches on fire. I was so taken by that. It was just, I could have watched that over and over really? again. Because as far as Detroit with house on fire, mm. uh, I, I look back to uh, Eight Mile, where they also actually set a house on fire. But this, the, the the beauty of it, though, that's again this thing where the, the scene where his house catches on fire is filmed in such quiet dignity. There's this beautiful glory of watching his house burn that I really enjoyed. There is a, a almost a tactile reality to the way that the, the the flames come up the sides of the wall and and go across the ceiling and stuff. Uh, did you like it, Brett? Um, I did. I definitely had an emotional connection to it. I, I got brought down a little bit because of, of the strife that he was going through and, and you know, kind of being uh, being impinged upon by local bureaucracy and the guy next door who um, is a big lawyer type and he's bought the big house next door and he just wants him out and he wants to buy him out of his uh, little property that he, he grew up in on the lake. Um, and kind of the, the situation that he was in there... But why I why I kind of brought up uh, in the intro, or will we, is that I don't think that this fits the rule of three. And I only, I only got to see the first three episodes. But I think that uh, by the end of the third episode, it's ready to get into the rolling episode. So I haven't seen it actually going as yet. But if a show can't get itself going in three episodes... Well, I think it's the difference between a, a commercial network... Uh, TV series and uh, series on HBO. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I say that, and then I love The Wire, and nothing happens in the first six episodes. Well, I, mean, of the I, Wire I, I watched five five episodes of this, but again, I loved it from the, from the first one. I actually was really enjoying the first one, so it, it's hard to know. I mean, like you're saying, with the, any of this kind of stuff, it depends on whether you like the characters. You know, so if you if you have a connection to the characters, you'll enjoy it, and if you, mm. if you don't, mm. you're just going to find yourself going, I don't care, because not a lot happens in this. A lot of it is easy, like you're saying. The next door neighbor is just such a lazy kind of, you know. Stuffy McMonacle lives next door, and yeah, you know, it, it, that's too easy. And I, I, and I really felt it was so weird. The character that um, Anne Heche plays his ex-wife, and and you could have removed her from the storyline entirely, and it wouldn't have seemed to make any difference. Easily. It was a thankless role for her, and it's it's not a very interesting scene. Every time we go to her, I don't really care. But 
and, and, yeah, but she's I, manic and, and yeah, there's clearly a reason why the kids don't want to be living with her. I guess, yeah. Actually, that's probably the only reason she's there is you need a reason. Because kids do want to live with them. They just physically can't while he doesn't have a house. But, you know, and, but okay, take Anne Heche out, out of it. Mm-hmm. Take her entire character out of it. The kids go and live with their, uh, with their mother. She is uh, actually more like a... Uh, what was Niles' wife in uh, in, in uh, Maris? Maris, more like a Maris. We just never see her. True, yeah. But she's she's always you know. I've got. I, I don't so know horrible. why Anne Heche is there, and it is weird that that the show is based around a kind of oh remember him, remember her. You know, like yeah, you know, there's Thomas Jane. He was going to be famous. Oh, there's Anne Heche. She was going to be famous. Um, you know, it is kind of as, as I like to think of her, the, uh, the the former Portia de Rossi. She is. It's like if you imagine uh, Rebecca, the uh, Hitchcock movie. She's uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the thing is. Uh, there is the uh, the principal uh, of the school who's introduced, uh, I think, in episode three, episode two or episode three. Uh, no, it's, it's episode two. Uh, and, you know, I can understand that they would need an ex-wife character to be uh, kind of the, the voice of adulthood, say. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, the person who keeps telling him, oh, you're such a screw up. You can't do anything right with your life. You are a complete loser, and this is why I don't want my children living with you. Uh, and that role could be taken by, say, the principal of the of the school, who's just expecting him to own up to his own responsibilities. And, and I mean, the like one that. the one thing, and I must say, because yeah, I really enjoy this. I would watch it. I'm not going to buy it on a DVD. I'm not going to you know necessarily search it out. But if it was on TV, I would definitely watch it. But the interesting thing is that it does involve the, the financial crisis as well in a way that I wonder kind of how that was put in because surely the scripts must have already been underway and there's at least one sequence of the voiceover that I suspect was added in later but there is a suggestion that um, Anne Heche's character this might be a spoiler uh, her family because she's with a, a richer man I think they lose their money seems to be the implication in, in the, the financial crisis so again I think it's meant to be levels of people pretending to be other things so they're still trying to keep up the appearances of a wealthy, you know, middle class couple, when in fact that is gone. So perhaps that is the, the perhaps there is a storyline involving Anna Heche's character actually going somewhere that we're going to go to. But yeah, I, I kind of. But so you're you're seeing you, you said the word levels, and I thought well, there were levels in this in this show. I saw, I saw absolutely no levels. I saw it all all as one complete thing. Oh no, but, I think I think the very nature though of starting with a series going, it's about a guy who becomes a hooker and a woman who becomes a pimp, and then not making the wire. I think in in its own way that is really interesting. Of going, it's about vice, but the show is not sordid. You know, it, it goes out of its way to actually be more like a fairy tale. And since especially American television is so anti-sex, you know, it's always presented as sex equals death. To kind of do this. To do this kind of strange little fairy tale. I mean, they could easily have pushed this into pushing Daisy's territory if they'd wanted to and, and, and made it, you know, shiny magic pies. Um, it's, it's that sort of show that I actually thought that in itself is a really interesting thing to do. See, I, 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 I then go and compare it to, say, Night Shift, uh, the excellent Ron Howard film. Uh, you compare everything to Night Shift, I do, Ron I Howard do. film. Where, like, uh, with Fonzie and... Uh, Henry, yeah. Henry Winkler becomes... Remember when a, we got to the last episode of Battlestar Galactica? Yeah, but if you compare it to Night, Night Shift... Shift. <laughs> so Henry Winkler becomes a pimp and, and you know, get, gets into, into this, the same world, done with a lot of heart and and a lot of understanding that I just don't see in this. I'm not, I'm not trying to convince you. I just don't think it's... Uh, oh, but it's no, I do see in this. I think especially because the whole thing with... Um, with uh, Tanya's approach to the whole thing as a pimp is that they're actually they're becoming happiness consultants and and a lot of the episodes are about how he brings people happiness you know 
with his enormous penis, sure. But also there's this emotional aspect to it. And that, in its own way, I thought was really interesting too, that it's meant to be a kind of how would a woman approach this sort of thing. So it's not, the sex is not the major part of what these women are coming for. It's often something else entirely. Right. Well, that's hung. Brett, anything else to add? Uh, I was kind of distracted uh, by... Uh, the, the, the enormous penis. No, I... I by episode three, I haven't seen the enormous penis at all. Um, Jane Adams, uh, yes. if if you see her and and just can't pick, she was in happiness. Happiness, yeah, yeah. Happiness, yeah. Uh, the kind of ditzy sister of the uptight sister. Yeah, she's played that role. I, a lot. I quite liked her. You actually don't see the enormous penis. I imagine no. it's, it's always going to be implied, which is good because I, I think you shouldn't see it because if you just see it, it's you know. I think if they'd called it, object. I think if they'd called the show implicit giant penis. Mm. It would be a, with a robot as the penis. <laughs> My robot penis is implied. I think yeah. that's what the title should yeah, be. Yeah, that, that yeah. would be good. That's hung. It's on HBO in the, in the States at the moment. It should be out on DVD shortly, I would guess. I made that one just to freak with your head. That's great. I love that one. Oh, yeah. Really? You're not, that you're one not was a... less freaky than the other ones, I thought. Right. Yeah, that one had, yeah, had a happier vibe. And you know, that actually uh, gives, me, give me, gives me warm memories of uh, Family Guy from just a couple of weeks ago where uh, Stewie was on, on steroids and then the steroids worked off, but he had all these uh, skin flaps and he, he actually flew like Rocky J. <laughs> squirrel. Rocket. Rocket J. Squirrel. The, uh, the, J. squirrel. the uh, flying squirrel. Yes. Uh, <laughs> now here's something we hope you really like. <laughs> just the whole <laughs> the flying squirrel at the end. I think just 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 the in case we hadn't quite got the rocket J squirrel who flies was in fact fact a flying squirrel. I love Stewie on steroids. <laughs> I, uh, His buddy and uh, hey, now watch me that, pull this rabbit out of a hat. That uh, th- that bumper came because I I discovered my uh, my old uh, TV themes CDs right. on the weekend. I found them and I went, oh, I've got to use these. But how? <laughs> but how? Uh, also on the uh, on the weekend, I uh, I got in in my letterbox from the the wonderful United States uh, the DVDs of the first series of Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Parker, come on, hon, you'll be late. School, a totally bizarre concept. Nine to three for 18 years of your life is like, what, 92 billion hours? Wow. That's me, Parker Lewis. Late, but not worried. Ah, the students of Santo Domingo High. They're more than just classmates. They're customers. Parker! You wrote pizza! Mikey Randall, my best friend. He knows all my secrets. Musso's looking for you. Not a problem. I'll carry that for you, sir. Jerry Steiner, he knows all my secrets too. A real privilege for a freshman. I've told him a thousand times he doesn't have to carry my books. But you do have to make us lunch. Most kids hate school. The way I look at it, if I gotta do the time, I'm gonna enjoy it. Either you work for the system, or you make the system work for you. So this is us, the best buds. We like school. We're getting an education, and business is good. Time for the morning report. All candies and sodas, radios. More candies, more sodas. And we moved four sets of notes from Nicholas class. Right.
Gary Kubiak. Rumor has it he killed a nun when she misplaced his lunch. First of how many? The first Some. series of I think <laughs> three, maybe? three. Yeah, I think there were two in the high school and one in loose. summer. It was just Pakalos. Mm, maybe they definitely took off the cat loose. Uh, the uh, the uh, basically I wanted to watch this because John Hughes passed away a couple of weeks ago and. Uh, and Parker Lewis Can't Lose is so obviously influenced by Ferris Bueller's Day Off, even to to the point where it has the same number of syllables in the title. Uh, the uh, it, it no, I'm just saying, what kind of freak are you? Counting syllables of titles and going, it's a message. I tell you, a message. No, it's it, because it's it's supposed to sound the same, and it right? means they can use the same theme tune. Can you tell us about the Mayan the, calendar now? I'd really like to hear more about the Mayan calendar. Yeah, well, 2012. These were both. These were both released <laughs> according to the Mayan calendar. Uh, the uh, so it's it, it is it is heavily influenced by Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, and they don't even pretend to hide that there are points where Park, I mean Parker Lewis is uh, is the Ferris Bueller character. Uh, he has a nerd friend and another friend, so that's ooh, a little bit different. But the other friend is really just instead of the girlfriend. And uh, I, I'm going to say here controversially, I've actually not only not seen this show, I've never heard of it. What, what's it actually about? Oh, it's it's about uh, this this kid in high school. Who has everything under control? He uh, he has a, a ticketing business, uh, so he, he he sells tickets to to concerts. But he can never get caught. Uh, you know, he might get caught. It'll come close to him getting caught, and then he'll have some special way to to get around it. He and his friends have worked out schemes to get around. So, what, so it's what all about the, 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 the Ferris Bueller running back home. Uh, yeah. Scene. Yeah. So, so it's it, it's really all like that. So, in the first episode, uh, Parker Lewis is uh, is is caught by the principal doing something, and uh, he pulls out a, uh, a a tape, a videotape of uh, uh, them. No, she, she thinks that he has that she has a videotape of him committing some crime that's going to get him suspend, uh, suspended or expelled. Uh, but uh, when she plays the videotape, it's actually footage of her and one of the other teachers making out in the gym. Uh, so, you know, it's See, a sex tape. The weird thing is this is just sounding creepy and disturbing, but I'm assuming it's not. Is it, it's a comedy? It's it's a comedy. It doesn't hold up, though. It's not, it's not as funny. But when I was 16, 17, this was fantastic. Now, was this actually on after school when you were... Yes, and was yes, it, this was was it si- 20 years ago? Yeah. And sitcom, no, not sitcom? 20 years ago. How many years Th- ago? 30 years um, ago? 20, 20 years uh, ago? See, I never yeah. saw it after school. I only saw it uh, after Letterman on Channel 9 at like 4.30 in the morning. Right. And sitcom or dramedy? Or sitcom? Comma? Half hour? Half mm-hmm. hour sitcom? Okay. With uh, laugh track? With a... No laugh track. Okay. So it was, it was actually a really early single camera mm-hmm. comedy. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of looks to camera, a, a lot of things that predated, say, Malcolm in the Middle, uh, which is seen as uh, a huge uh, seminal TV series. Parker Lewis did it, to to the point where when I first saw Malcolm in the Middle, I thought that people from Parker Lewis Can't Lose must in some way be involved because they had such similar styles. Uh, The the cast stud, uh, Corin Nemec, who uh, then uh, later went on to uh, be some kind of Scientologist evangelist, or so is my understanding. Uh, and, and uh, MC Hammer. 
Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. MC Hammer and uh, Willis from different Todd, strokes. Todd Bridges. Yep. Todd Bridges, who is also in Hulk Hogan Celebrity Championship Wrestling, which uh, if we get time in pork, I, I might talk about. Uh, so, Pucklers Can't Lose essentially was Ferris Bueller's Day Off as a series, even though someone else had made Ferris Bueller's Day Off as a series. I, I think there was there must have been something to do with with rights or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there was, there was a, a series. series there was Bueller's there was a TV series of Ferris Bueller's Day Off with who. I don't know because I, I think it only got shown here at about 4.30 in the morning and uh, it only had one season because it wasn't as good as Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Uh, but there are points in Parker Lewis Can't Lose where the principal will say, uh, Bueller, get in here. I mean, Lewis, get in here. Things like that. The, it, obvious nods. And, oh, uh, really? and Actually, Yeah, we're not even going to pretend that we're not copying Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I don't remember the principal in, in Parker Lewis, but uh, there was the teacher that figured greatly, Miss... Saigon. Russo? Miss Russo. That's the principal. Uh, oh, is she? Yeah, yeah. So okay. what, what you're saying is you don't remember her... But no, no, I didn't remember she was the principal. Because your sexism I is was... assuming that she would only be a teacher and no, not a principal. No. That's in what my, you're saying. In my head, I also assumed that uh, the principal was also female. Racist. <laughs> um, I, I always enjoyed uh, whenever I, whenever uh, Letterman didn't run over by an hour on Channel Nine <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning, and uh, catching this, and um, as I mentioned before, Jerry from ER, um, as, as 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 Coop, who is the not really the bully, but he, he is the star. Everybody's scared of him. He could he just make giant. things happen. Uh, so he, he was in ER. He also played and. Even if you never saw this, it will give you a good indication of what he looks like. He played the young Dan in Roseanne, so John Goodman as a young as a young man. Uh, so because it's perfect casting, it's, it's just sensational. Uh, he plays the giant football player who uh, carries his lunch with him everywhere. His paper bag says Larry's lunch on it, and uh, and there's always some amount of. Uh, you know, he's rewarded with food, but if something happens to his lunch, he will try to kill you. So it's like hung. Uh, but with lunch. Yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because lunch is commonly used as a, as a slang term for penis. Is it? Yeah. Or his lunchbox. Yeah. No, his lunch. Package. God, you, you boys know nothing. No, no, no nothing at all. Nothing. I, I, I know lunch as a, uh, you know... If you make cuts, your lunch. But that brings a whole new connotation to it. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. That's horrible. That's horrible. Anyway, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, not about that. It doesn't hold up. Not only does it not hold up, it was. It, it seems to have been shot on video. So it was single camera, but video. Mm-hmm. And the transfer is really bad on the DVDs. It's really fuzzy and the sound's not great. And it's so obviously cheaply made. Who's released it? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I didn't. It's not some Russian release, is it? I, no, no. It's 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 not some Russian release. But it's, it's, it's not like the Larry Sanders DVDs, is it? Where they, I think they were shot on video, but in an attempt to make it look like film, and they've ended up kind of no, really no, Larry, murky. Larry Sanders was shot half on film, half on uh, on on video. Depending on if it was the show or backstage. Yeah, right. Because the, the DVDs look awful. Oh, do they? Really dreadful. Well, this yeah. this also looks terrible, but also because it was the early nineties. And uh, and transitions, brand new transitions, had been made possible with the uh, wonders of computers. The transitions are horrible 
in this. They just they, so they use mosaic transitions. They do. <laughs> they do. Is there a star wipe? There's 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 no star wipe, but they do. I think it's almost entirely mosaic transitions, <laughs> and uh, and just oh not not mosaic transitions, but uh, pixel. Uh, so everything everything gets uh, gets blown up into giant pixels yes. as uh, as as transitions, and uh, you know it's it's just like when we all had print shop in 1985 and had to make giant banners because and your dot matrix printer, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it is a look into the past. It it doesn't hold up for mine, which is very disappointing. But I'm still glad I have it. I I, I think also that it gets a lot better. I think the the second and third series are a lot better when it becomes a lot more uh, self-reflexive. But uh, until that time, I'm, it was still I'm better stuck with season one. Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah. But, you know, John was just picking his ear and that was better than Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Mm. Okay, question three. Which can I... All these going to be about war? No. I got loads of... I got one on tennis, one on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? We had a quiz last week. We, we, did. we did. It wasn't in the show, though. No. And yet, curiously, we now, have winners. <laughs> let's not uh, say where it was, because we can do that again this week. Because uh, also, well... We, d- we didn't announce it on the show, even. Uh, it was just a, no. an afterthought uh, that came to us. But um, this week, there'll but be so, another some giveaway somewhere on the website. connected can to we the say, site. We can say on the yes. site. So, yeah, so, so some of our Kenny listeners did find the competition and, and mentioned the answers in the, in the uh, blog. They can win some, some T-shirts that probably won't fit. I and they feel horribly validated now. They will. So people actually responded. And <laughs> we did. So who were our winners and what did they get? Uh, our winner was uh, Murray Enney. Hello, Murray Enney. Uh, and, uh, and he'll be getting a Crumpler T-shirt. So, uh, yes, for this week's competition, the, the, you have so, to find, find something the will question. Happen, something will happen somewhere. On the website. It, you know what? Even if you don't find the question, put an answer up. But the ongoing quiz quiz, go and mention which, again. Oh, yeah, which, mm. which is not actually a quiz, but is a competition. Mm. Uh, the pitching competition. John, did you want to give it All a right. run, we, a run uh, we are celebrating uh, the fabulousness of the Crumpler beanbag we have to give away by having a pitching competition in which you, the lovely listener, can pitch a TV series idea. You can pitch it in any way you want, as long as it has some kind of show-and-tell element. So we need to be able to either see it or hear it, something we can yeah, put on the website, whether it's a photograph or an audio file. And um, we will be playing these to some TV-type producer-type people. Um, it's up to you. We're not necessarily saying they have to be the, the most easily made shows, but they have to be interesting shows that grab us and, and sound good. We've already had a couple of entries come in. Josh Canal. Uh, yes. Uh, not from Josh. No. Both, no, of, no. both of them from Actual Chad. Both from Actual Chad, who's fantastic, but go on. Uh, one, uh, one, they're both up on the, up on the site at the moment. Uh, one is the postcard that we had talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks, uh, just waiting for Brett to put it up on the, uh, on, on the blog, and then finally he Now did. it's up. Finally, he did. Really, yesterday morning, I looked at the internet and went, at last, he's done that. Uh, but the other <sighs> one... The, and I sighed. You know the, what? The, uh, the, the flash <laughs> uploader wasn't working for me on... Uh, anyway, the so there was processor. a postcard for a show called uh, Paintball Surprise. Surprise, Surprise Paintball. Paintball. Surprise Paintball. And then also mentioned to Celebrity Surprise Paintball, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, there's a new and of course, one. you can click on those to get a closer look. You can. Yep. And there's a video now from actual Charlie Sinden for a show called... Uh, <sighs> I don't want to say the name because no, that's, no. that's yeah, the joke. Sorry. Go, go the and joke. have a look. You but look but it, is, it is a buddy detective drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just titled the video, 
box cutters pitch competition best entry ever. So, so clearly, he thinks a lot of himself, and he's putting the challenge out to the rest of you. Come up with something better. So we have heard other things coming in. I've heard there's some audio coming in. I heard there was a plasticine animation someone's working on. You have until Halloween, I believe, or Hallows Eve. Or Hallows Eve. Uh, to send in your entries. So please get them coming in. But we are we are also going to have a professional people from television coming in to uh, judge some of the entries as they come in yes. earlier. So and Josh and I have been working on uh, getting, getting that rolling and uh, that... We, auditioning people to uh, come in we, and judge. We, we have been. We've been asking people about their opinions, and if they have them, we've got their phone numbers. Mm, good. If they can get something up. Hooray at boxcutters.net is the uh, email address to uh, send us your entries or put them up on the blog uh, or, you know, do whatever. Get in touch with us. You know how to do it. And if you don't, get in touch with us and ask us how. Yeah. So that one, that one's creepy. That's really creepy. That one. Uh, that, that one's creepy. No, with the cutoff. But yeah. the, the other one, not. No, that one was kind of fun. That I thought because I thought the other one was going to creep you out. No, that one that one still creeps me out. I, I think the kids being cut off like they've just been eaten by birds is <laughs> what uh, makes it particularly creepy. Uh, yeah, it just takes you back to the the film. So Brett Crapley, if you watch one thing, what would you watch? Um, I, I well. There was something tonight, but uh, it, it goes to air in half an hour, and by the time this is up, uh, it'll be too Well, I, I'm, late. U- I'm using time travel for mine, so you could always use time travel for yours as well. Oh, really? Just, just pretend. Yeah. Just pretend we recorded this yesterday. <laughs> I think it would be better, actually, to uh, warn people against looking at uh, anything called uh, the real wedding crashes. I uh, caught- uh, which, which was my pick a, a couple of weeks ago, because I had no idea what it was. <laughs> did you watch it? I did. It I did so watch horrible. it. What a piece of crap. What, what actually happens then? So, so they... Uh, they <laughs> They're these actors who are hired by the couple to crash the wedding and freak all of the guests out. For what purpose? Television. Oh, like a, like like the the marriage celebrant uh, taking a phone call in the middle of the ceremony. Right. Hilarious. Because if there's one thing you want to do, it's, it's really stuff up your big day, isn't it? That's hilarious. Yeah. And then they have the big reveal uh, over the reception thing and everybody's, ah, oh, now it all makes sense. It was such a horrible wedding and and now we know that they meant Someone it Someone got 500 bucks for it. Hey, yeah, no, that's dreadful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was really horrible. horrible. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Um, I, I recommend watching it if... Uh, <laughs> On SBS at uh, 10 o'clock on Monday, the 17th of August, a uh, documentary, hopefully uh, the first of a series, because uh, that'd be really good. It's uh, <laughs> Jump, the World's Greatest Streakers. Uh, it's <laughs> from Canada, uh, and uh, it's in English and Spanish with the English subtitles. As most Canadian things are. And hello to Sophie, if she's listening. Well, not, not normally Spanish, normally French. No, that was my sarcastic comment. Uh, okay. um, I will also be travelling in time. Uh, the one thing I'd be watching this week was on last week. I'd be travelling <laughs> back in time two days and going to America to watch the first episode of Series 3 of Mad Men. So, uh, can, can, I just, can I just say, <laughs> John... I, I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. You are not Doctor Who. I, I'm travelling back in time and I'm going to America. My computer lets me do it. Right. My your com- my your com- computer is your TARDIS. My computer is my TARDIS. It's allowing me to watch television from America two days ago. <laughs> if I was going to watch one thing this week, it would be, and I've already mentioned it, 
Hulk Hogan Celebrity Championship <laughs> Wrestling. Hey. Is this on one? This is on Fox 8 on uh, Saturday nights at 6.30. So it's a show that already no one wanted to see, and now it's on Fox 8. So only like seven people in the country can see it hey, anyway. more people are watching Fox 8 than are watching Go. <laughs> Yeah. Although we wouldn't know but we, no. because we but, don't have the... But more people listen to box cutters than actually watch Fox 8, you know, so it's still... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I saw an ad for this, thought I have to watch it, did watch it on Saturday, and uh, it's it's fantastic and horrible. It's so ridiculous. You know, wrestling is staged, and this makes no uh, secret about how staged the wrestling is because that's what they're doing. These celebrities, in, in inverted commas, are going through... Uh, essentially wrestling school and learning how to do all the moves and uh, but but you've got Danny Bonad it's it's really the, the list of pe- if I was going to have a dinner party these are the people I would invite professional uh, wrestlers no 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 they're not professional wrestlers these are oh, celebrities am- amateur celebrity amateur celebrity celebrity wrestling Danny Bonaduce Todd Bridges Dustin Diamond oh, Screech oh. yeah Screech uh, there's uh, there's also uh, Ian Ziering's uh, wife. Dustin Diamond invented star. a fake sex tape as yes. a self-promotional tool. That yes. is just so freaking weird. That is just really sad. It actually exists, though. It does exist, but it's thought that it's actually not him in some of the shots. I, I was I was reading about this oh, the really? other day because of the whole yeah. It, whole, it, it it was all circling around the Dirty Sanchez, which is almost certainly a completely made up sex act, uh, which features in the tape as, uh, as well as penis, which apparently is not Dustin's own. Ah. Ah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go on. Uh, so it's, it's these people learning wrestling moves and then having a wrestling bout and, uh, <laughs> and Hulk Hogan and two other has-beens from the old WrestleMania days are the judges. Andre the Giant? And no, he's dead. The dead Andre the Giant? No. <laughs> the reanimated corpse of Andre the Giant? <laughs> no. The reanimated corpse of Bruce Gingell? <laughs> yes. It's been a while since we've mentioned the reanimated zombie corpse of Bruce Gingell. It, it has been. Oh, look. Uh, How about you, the rock? Get your pictures in. Can someone please pitch me a show which involves the reanimated corpse of Bruce Gingell? I want to see that. Last last week, I, I pitched. Uh, I pitched getting the reanimated corpse of Charles Kingsford Smith and shooting him as shooter pilot. <laughs> Celebrity shooter pilot. You, you, please, something has to happen. <laughs> With Bruce Gingell. <laughs> Something. Uh, it's it's just... It's a ridiculous show. It It's... There's no reason to watch it other than it's probably the worst thing on television. Worse, I think, than uh, than The Real Wedding Crashes. Really? No, probably not. <laughs> so, like, do they all take it really soft when they go to actually wrestle against each other? No, not, not necessarily. But there is this uh, made-up animosity between Dustin Diamond and, uh, and Danny Bonaducci that, uh, you know, so how Danny Bonaducci is making everything just a little bit too personal. I think he would, though. I think Danny Bonaducci would hate the world. I think Danny Bonaducci is a ticking time bomb of a fury. D- Danny Bonaducci is a screw-up of the First mm. Order. He is... Uh, is he, what has he done? Do you remember his, um, his late-night infomercial? Yes. yes. Which yeah. one? Mega Memory. Well, the, the, one, the one which was presented as if it was a late-night chat show. Yeah, yeah. Mega and Memory. Had, and he had a band. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he Thanks had for the band. Yeah, that was the, the, the bit. He had two, both the, with the, the same guest. something offenders. The repeat offenders. Repeat offenders. He, he had two, both with the same guest. Uh, one of them was Mega Memory, and there was another one. 
With that same guy? With that same guy. Really? Like selling a different product. Did they yeah. end up getting locked up because it was all a scam, that guy that was doing the Mega Memory? And did Ian Turpy do a Mega Memory thing at one Ian point? Ian Turpy did a Mega Memory thing at one yeah. point. Also, with, with also that same fake, guy. fake talk show. I do apologise, I said, because you're just listening to the chat now. But I, I'm going to say, too, do you remember around that period of well, all those Hang on, those do, you, do you want to just do the pork thing underneath? While oh, yeah, because yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, this we'll is clearly we, pork. Um, we've crossed that line. When I yeah. cast my pod... Yeah, what happens when you cast your pod? It's with the box cutters in mind. Oh, that's lovely, thank you. Thanks, Brian. Box cutters. Yeah, right. Hello. Pod. Yes. Cast. Done. Done. Okay. Pork is on the table. Off yeah. you go then. Okay, so um, <laughs> so uh, I remember in all those late night infomercials, my favourite thing was that that the people playing the audience, who were clearly always actors, over the top enthusiasm. My favourite was the guy showing how your your mirror wouldn't steam up if you yeah rubbed pork on it or something, and. <laughs> And the people in the audience are like wetting themselves as if it's the second coming. It's like, that's amazing. Steamed up windows have been the bane of my life. I think I'm that, free. Free I, at last. Something, something in, in my memory synapse banks, uh, which I have in Switzerland, mm. so you can't get into them, uh, <laughs> says that but they're these, full of stolen gold. these were are, real... Nazi gold. These were real studio audiences who couldn't get in to see... Uh, oh. Like they were all standby tickets, not for, the steamed window people, like the standby not audience the for the Letterman show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but uh, done in in LA or some somewhere else, uh, so they couldn't get into the actual shows. So they ended up going to see this infomercial. Be <laughs> well, it did, be it did fascinate the, the the Danny Bonaduce one. The idea that you're obviously meant to be flicking channels and you think you've come across a real program. That is actually quite interesting. In its own go, way. Hey, isn't that the guy from the Partridge? Yeah, family? oh, it's a real thing. Oh, this this guest is boring, but I, I assume after him the repeat offenders will play. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and actually, it's kind of interesting. Same guest as last night. It's weird that no one kind of pushed that infomercial thing further. I always thought if you actually did try and make drama, or if you did try and make a, a real chat show in which every second guest is well, man, that's Good Morning Australia, isn't it? But um, yeah, in which every it's, it's, it's Good Morning Australia and Gilmore Girls. You've just described both those things. <laughs> Gilmore Girls is the one I can't understand a word of, isn't it? G- Gilmore Girls was made by Johnson and Johnson. Gil- Gilmore Girls is the one where the people open their mouths and make that high pitched shrieking noise from the remake of uh, the, of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yes, the, the nineteen seventy eight yes. version. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's all Gilmore Girls is to me. It's yeah. Like, yeah, dogs go mad. I cannot understand a thing anyone. Says and Gilmore goes. Actually, like red and the blue. It's it's like red and the blue. If every now and then, so it's Lorelai and mentioned a hip band. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Blind melon. Yeah, Jonas Brothers. Jonas Brothers. Uh, I was. What was your pork? I had pork. Yes. And I forgot what we were going to talk about. I, I, I've forgotten it. Oh, I had a bit of pork. Chop. Danny Bonaduce wrestling. No, no. I'll, maybe it'll Scratch. come to me later. I wrote this down while I was in the cafe earlier. Willis. The woman near me was talking to a French friend. Oh, I don't watch television. And I just wanted to slap her. And I just thought I'd take this moment and say, I can't stand people who say, I don't watch television. Because those people lie for a start. They're always lying. It means I don't watch any good television. I only watch the shit stuff I don't talk about. The person I know who always used to say, I don't watch television. Watched The Amazing Race every week. Plus, oh, that was Josh. Um, plus, <laughs> plus, they're I've actually never, saying also, I've never seen you because you watch that filthy, well, this filthy is, stuff. And, and it's, it's like it's saying... I am morally superior is what they're saying. I don't shoot up. It's like saying, I, I don't read magazines. It's, that's what it's like. Well, to me, it's always saying, I deliberately set, um, shut myself off from any form of information or entertainment that the rest of the world is seeing. I am a bit stupid. But the way it's always done is if they're morally superior yeah, yeah, and yeah. That I don't watch television. Oh, I don't... 
I don't have a television. You know, a, a lot of our listeners don't have televisions. And they listen to us so that they know what's going well, on. Well, a significant minority they, of our, our presenters don't. And they, I, yes, I actually can't pick up free to a television. Yet yeah. I would never dream of saying, I don't watch television in that smug way. You know? And to me, that person is effectively saying, I mean, of course, I go to the cinema and I watch Transformers 2. Oh, I just don't ever, <laughs> yeah. you know, watch let's, Mad Men or anything. Let's try that again. That's any good. Transformers 2. No, no. Otherwise, when you do it, so there was there was cheering Sorry, next I, door in case you didn't pick that up at, uh, no, no, on the no, podcast. No. I actually, I, I accidentally uh, hit the the applause sign button here <laughs> now. Silent audience in the corner. Uh, so, so, they're fans. So, so you know, if you lovely listener, because you know, again, we know our listeners are incredibly intelligent. If you do ever find yourself in that conversation in the cafe, and someone says, "Oh, I don't watch television," glass them. Yes, in the yes. face. Oh, I've just remembered my pork. I've just, <laughs> John. I don't think we can be encouraging that sort of violence. Oh, apparently. There's allegedly. <laughs> yeah, no, just yeah. allegedly glass them. In the alleged face. <laughs> the, uh, Nothing the, violent. Just I, poo-poo them. I, oh, I, can I ask briefly? Someone did send us the, um, the, the, the rules on... Um, uh, Rule 34. Slander and libel uh, this yes. week. Was, yes. that, was it in relation to anything? Did we do something? No, no, no just, just it's, it's, it's worth a refresher. I still haven't read through it. And I'm, I'm fair, sorry, fair enough. J- Japan I, and Brazil. But I, I was just wondering if that was in response to something we said last week. I, I don't think so. I think, I think it's just important to have a okay, refresher. Good, good. Uh, the, uh, uh, I, I came across a theory in my own head uh, this week that uh, I'm kind of developing, which is... Uh, Josh's this, theory, bye. And elk. By an elk, which is dinosaurs are very small on one end, get very big in the middle and very small at the other end. Also, that The Sopranos is a, uh, a an imaginative retelling of Hamlet. I'm just putting that out there for the moment. Just have a thought because because I can I can name a, a number of things that are Hamlet like in Sopranos. I want to know if anybody else has actually thought of this theory. Uh, if you find anything about it, if anybody's, you're just looking around. You're just looking around. I'm not. I'm not actually talking to you. I just look at you and imagine listeners. I, I just. I, I thought we'd done the whole Hamlet thing. I thought everything was a retelling of Hamlet. Isn't that what we've learned in the last ten years of of this new narrative form of of television? That in fact every drama is in fact Hamlet. No, but no. um, uh, what's what's the no, theory no. about uh, of, uh, because Ferris Bueller? That's supposed to be something else. Oh, there's this there's this theory that Ferris Bueller is actually like uh, Fight Club, uh, and Ferris Bueller is this Tyler. Cameron Durden. is a is an a, and Cameron is an. Oh, Ferris is the, the imagine oh, Tyler. Oh, Durden. I like that. That's good. Uh, but I I just prefer the uh, the the theory that Ferris Bueller is a psychopath. I, I watched a Weird Science last night, <laughs> and it's kind of curious. With Weird Science, you have these two male leads. When you really Anthony only kind of need one, Anthony Michael Hall and uh, and the other guy, the other and, guy that wasn't in the Breakfast Club, and the other guy who's not Anthony Michael Hall is actually kind of the hero. Like it's his house, it's his friend that's gone away. It's and his software it's his, on the computer. It's his software it's on his the computer. Uh, it's his brother and Victor. And yet, yeah, it's it's like this one character. Uh, has been split across the two of them, and I just found that uh, yeah. And they they have the scene where they're going, oh, if I had a beautiful woman, I'd be in the shower with him and, and you, you, with her, and you get both of them in the shower with her, and it's just it's mm. it's a really odd film. I mean, it was actually it's really almost, great, but it does have the weird Fight Club. It's almost too. like the the backwards take on uh, Garfield without Garfield. Have you seen that, yeah. that comic yeah. where they've taken out Garfield and it's yeah. so just looks kind of Garfield schizo. minus Garfield? Yes, I highly recommend. Have we got to the end of the show? Are we just rambling it? We have. I want to say that it's uh, three triple R's radiothon at the moment. So if you want to support the station that does support us by letting us 
have a go at their studios. They're Even when uh, everywhere else is full of uh, phone volunteers waiting to take your call on mm. 93881027. That's 03 uh, anywhere in Australia and uh, plus 61393881027 from anywhere in the world or you can subscribe online rrr.org.au at $75 for a full subscription. There's prizes, there's band subs, there's DJ prizes. It's mad and it's uh, supporting the greatest uh, radio station in the world. It's in, only 75 for a band, My view. A band membership. That's quite mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. yeah, $40 for concession. And, uh, and, and you know, it is, it is a really great community station that actually cares about the community. Also, Triple R... Unlike some other community stations who don't. Uh, Triple R donations are uh, fully uh, tax-deductible because Triple R is a uh, registered charity. But a subscription is not a donation. No, a subscription isn't. That's paying for a service, but uh, any donation donate, on top of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you don't have to prove that you're a concession $40 subscriber. Uh, <laughs> so you could uh, split it up in half and... Claim half the tax. Hoorayboxcutters.net is the email address to get us on, or there's a talk to us link on the blog. Uh, if you want to have a go at me for my Hamlet theory, I, I do I do have uh, reasons, but I'm, I'm just formulating them at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, that guy that didn't do anything from uh, from with science, John, that yeah. you say did nothing. No, I'm just right. saying, yeah, I'm saying the film. I'm just saying You're Marilyn, surprised, aren't you? Marilyn Monroe. Elon, <laughs> Il, Il, Elon <laughs> the Mitchell. The reanimated corpse of Marilyn Monroe. Il, Elon Mitchell Smith. Oh, Alain Mitchell Smith went on to uh, to to have a uh, guest role in the Equalizer, uh, and also one in Silk Stalkings. So uh, there's you proven wrong. You a fool having dissed anyone who's been in Silk Stalkings. Now I'm just saying that it's, it's interesting to see the character. I thought it was effectively one character in that film split into two. Now that does uh, remind me. Uh, I was distracted in Hung because uh, what's his face? The lead character looks like uh, that guy from Boston Legal. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Murphy Brown. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to the end of Box Cutters, episode 193. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. And I continue to be Brett Cropley. I am all year trying to be ill. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week, same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Boxcutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Boxcutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. So, because Hamlet ends, right, yeah. with, and the rest is silence. Yeah. And the end of The Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. It's a minute and a half of silence. Yeah. Right? But, that, that, but that's only because he's gotten the hot air balloon and gone off to Narnia. No, you're thinking That's the of, end of The Sopranos? No, no, no. You're, you're, you're confusing The Sopranos yeah. with Baron von Munchausen. No, no, no. Munchausen ends with a scene where, where they decide to throw all the spaceships into the sun and become farmers. No, no, no. That's uh, what you're thinking of there is Rear Window. No, no, no. Rear Window ends with the revelation that the villain is actually the hero's father. No, that is Psycho. No, no, no. Psycho's the one where it turns out they're all landing on Mars because they're on a gene hunt. (laughs) (laughs) I stand corrected. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.